Welcome to Season 1 of the Overcomers Podcast. We are going to talk to you about overcoming adversity and living your dreams. If you've ever struggled, this is for you. We're going to talk to you about such struggles as... Drug addiction, relationship struggles, parenting struggles... Incarceration, being displaced from your home. We're even going to touch on things such as sexual assault, or even if you just struggle with finding your purpose, finding your passion, being part of a community, this is for you. Like I said, if you've ever struggled, this is for you. So welcome to the Overcomers Podcast, where we're going to help you to overcome the adversities of life and live your dreams. <laughs> welcome to the Overcomers Podcast Season 1, sponsored by Journey 333, and we're going to talk to you about overcoming adversity and living your dreams. I'm Travis Barnes. And I'm Cindy Barnes. We're super excited to launch this podcast for you and with you because if you've ever struggled, this is for you. We are going to talk about topics like overcoming incarceration, overcoming addiction, being displaced from your home because of a flood and living in a FEMA trailer, starting a business on an unemployment check. We're going to be interviewing such people as Todd Durkin, Bedros Koulian. We're going to be talking about topics such as uh, being bullied. We're going to have a national Taekwondo champion who was actually bullied. We're going to have a successful franchisor who opens his heart about being sexually assaulted. We're going to have all kinds of people sharing with you about the adversities that they had to overcome to live their dreams. And we're just so excited to start where our story begins, which is with our story. <laughs> well, Cindy, let's talk about it. Okay. Well, let's talk about it. Do you remember that when you first met me, I was on the cover of GQ and I had uh, a yacht and... Uh, blue you know, jeans. Oh, yeah. Blue and a, jeans. And a white t-shirt. Right. Yeah, that went with my yacht with pretty well. Pack of Marlboros. Yeah. So the truth, yeah, Pack of Marlboros. Yeah. Yeah. That's that, true. That kind of went well with my addiction, but not well with my fitness. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the truth is, when you met me... I had walked into your bar. Out of all the gin joints in the world, I had to walk into hers. And uh, <laughs> it was actually called the Ginger Jar. It was. So, yeah. And uh, I was a, how would you describe me? Well, I, I definitely would describe you. I used to ask people, what is up with the quiet, shy guy at the end of the bar that gets a Diet Coke every time he comes in here? Yeah. And then I found out he was bartender. So, I said, well, when he comes in, maybe I got a little broken something, maybe I need help carrying something. So every time he came in, I would put him to work at my bar. So then you said to your friend, what is up with the bartender that always makes me work when I come <laughs> in for my Diet Coke? Yes, yes, right? I remember that, I remember that, yeah. yeah. I was thinking back, I, every time I came in that bar, she always had something for me to fix. I was like, huh. <laughs> What is up with this girl? She keeps putting me to work. I'm not even getting like any uh, expensive beverages that she can count me. But uh, little did I know, I think God uses people in your life. And this was a time where I was addicted to drugs. I had lost my job in fitness. I had become a bartender. I was about to lose my apartment at the time that I met you because I was spending all my money on mostly drugs. But we were living in Las Vegas, so there were other things such as gambling and yes. uh, any other thing that goes with an unhealthy lifestyle that I was spending my money on. And uh, it's funny how down the road at peaks and valleys we experienced different success. And I remember one time somebody said to me, 
you know, I think she's just with you for your money. <laughs> but I think back to us when we first started. Do you remember you, you let me come into your apartment with you? which your friend was totally against me being with yeah. you. Yeah, so she moved out, you know, right. so you know, she wasn't going to have me there. So we had nothing left, but what was it, your bed? We had um, a bed, and then we had two milk crates stacked up with a 13-inch black and white TV. 13-inch black and white TV, and our TV yeah. stand was milk crates, that's right. Yeah. And then we were trying to decide what to do for a dining room table, so we're like, uh, you know, we really like that outdoor table from Walmart. Yeah. So we actually had an outdoor table as our original dining room table, we, right? We did forever, yeah. and we still have it. It's at your mom's. <laughs> she has it as an outdoor table now, 22 years later. So it all began with a, a homeless guy uh, that was blessed to have somebody come into his life during a time of adversity. Somebody that uh, kept me accountable to sleeping at least every Tuesday. That's when you would sleep every yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, um, of course, I wanted you to sleep more than that. But it seemed like every Tuesday he would spend the night at my apartment. And I was like, so weird. Because I was not using drugs at the time. That's right. So, that's right. At the time. Because that's another thing that I have to take responsibility for in my life. Which was there was a time where I did lead you into that world. Uh, as you were trying to lead me out, uh, there was quite the tug of war going on. Angel, devil, things that were just pulling us both in different directions. Um, and, you know, it's, it's interesting, you know, uh, as the viewers and listeners are probably starting to realize that I wasn't addicted to sleeping pills. It was methamphetamine, uh, something that can keep you up for days at a time. And I was weighing in at probably about 150 pounds, uh, roughly 40 pounds lighter than I am now. Um, Probably only eight once a week, too, you know, to go yeah. with that. I remember you used to say, God, that girl gets grouchy if she doesn't get three meals a day. <laughs> and I'm like, that's when people eat, like three <laughs> times a day. Yeah. Not just once every day or other day. So just, well, yeah, we were. Let's talk about it. Eventually, this addiction led me into a decade of incarceration. A decade of incarceration. And I have a friend in my life, uh, we both do, Fred Terryberry. He was a Green Beret, and he said, you'll know who your friends are when the dust settles. And I think that's a war buddy story, because as war buddies, they, they want to see who's there when the dust settles, who's actually going to have your back. And Cindy, we both made it through a decade of incarceration. Me on the inside, you on the outside, visiting as often as you could. Uh, we would use up all of our points, right? There was. Mm -hmm. Uh, 12 yeah. points allowed in a month. You got two points for Saturday or two points for Sunday and a one point for Friday. So you would come on Friday and Sunday. In fact, you took a job in a deli based on the fact that they would give you Fridays and Sundays off. And that was why that was your prerequisite for what job you would work. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I stayed there for seven years. Yeah. Like I said, mm -hmm. God's going to put people in your life during times of adversity. And you better look around and stay keenly aware of who they are because you just never know how much you're going to need them. I remember there were times when... <laughs> there was a time when I first got locked up that we were wondering, should Destiny visit? You see, during this time, folks, it was a couple weeks after I actually did the crime that cost me a decade of my life that we found out that we were going to have a baby. And there was no turning back. There was no undoing the crime. 
And uh, this road that we were on was eventually going to lead me to 10 years of being incarcerated. I got to see my daughter born, as things sometimes take a little while to go through the court process and whatnot. I got to see the first year of her life, but then I was locked up and I'm wondering, should we let destiny come to a place like this? And he said, she's got to know that she has a father. She's got to know. And uh, that began the road of me becoming a better man. You kept me accountable to being a father while in prison, which I thought maybe she shouldn't even come. Maybe I should just write myself off. You know, how can I be anything from here? So I had to get creative. I had to get creative. I, uh, I wrote letters every day to my wife and daughter. I uh, decorated a Christmas tree through the mail. Uh, I drew the face on the pumpkin, right? I would draw the face and you'd carve it. I'd create a treasure map at Easter. You know, all kinds of things that we would do. We'd have color pictures together. You would make Destiny wait until she came to visit to learn how to tie her shoes. Mm -hmm. You said, hey, your dad will teach you. And so you made it possible for me to play an important role even while I was incarcerated. And it was because of you, it was because of that love and that support and that inspiration that eventually I just stopped feeling sorry for myself and I said, you know what? <laughs> if I ever get a second shot at this thing they call life, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to be the best father. I'm going to be the best husband. I'm going to be the best man that I can be. Best son, best friend. And so that's why I made my time about uh, being in my own college, being in my own little wellness uh, center, you know. And you remember, I was training people for tunas and stamps. <laughs> All those guys that would come to me, hey, I'm going home in a few months. I got to lose 30 pounds. Can you help me out? And uh, I shared my passion with people. Mm -hmm. And you would always support me, even with a job in the deli. And, you know, I'd say, oh, I, I want to take this course. And you'd find a way to make it happen. Yeah, you'd find a way to send away from the materials and I'd earn another certification or another degree while I was down. And I think that maybe one of the best messages that we actually have for our viewers, you know, for our listeners, is it's about who you surround yourself with. You're going to be the average of the five people that you spend most time. That's probably my story for how I wound up being incarcerated. But I had to choose to leave that behind, right? When I came home, I had important choices to make. Would I ever make contact with the people that I used to associate with? Would I still have contact with the people that I was no longer supposed to talk to? It was an interesting time in my life. How about I, our lives? Yeah. Go ahead. No, I think that you had to make um, conscious decisions while you were in, too, because let's face it, for anyone that knows anything about prison, um, you know, there's alcohol, there's drugs, there's cell phones that are snuck in, there's all kinds of things. And I remember at our visits how you would talk to me about people, you know, tempting you with certain things and you always uh, said no. You know, so you had to make those conscious decisions on the inside as well. I said no because having somebody love me and support me as much as you did gave me a high amount of accountability. I always knew that if I was to do something like that, it would be just like slapping you and Destiny in the face. And so I remember they, they even tried to put me <laughs> on drugs in prison. They said, this guy's up all night. We should just put him on Thorazine. <laughs> I was like, I remember going to pill call and saying, uh, 
I don't think I should take that. You know, drugs put me in here and I don't want to just be, you know, medicated. And they, they actually threatened me. They said, you know, your judge isn't going to like this. This is before sentencing. I said, well, I don't think I can get in any more trouble, so I'm okay, you know. And uh, it was because of you, though, that I chose those things. It was because of you that I chose not to involve myself in prison gangs. It was because of you and Destiny that I tried to uh, make the most of my situation. It was because of you and Destiny that I was willing to say goodbye to every acquaintance that I had even met in there and then try to make a life for us when I came home. And that's, that's where our journey began. That's where Journey Fitness began. Thanks to you, you dropped off my application at my first fitness job. I yeah, did. yeah. You said, I got a, great, a guy with a great resume for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for not letting him know that I was gonna be coming home from uh, a, a gated community. <laughs> a very gated community. Uh, and it's so funny, you know, the way things happen, right? You know, we, I come home, I work hard from trainer to manager to chief operations officer. We're opening up multiple locations. And here's a struggle for you. Have you ever lost a job that you thought that you'd have forever? Have you ever had to start over? Well, in that time of coming home and working hard, I get us our first home. The home becomes flooded to the second floor. We hadn't even made one mortgage payment. Right, right. We're, we're we only in a couple months. We just bought the house. Yeah, our fixing first it home. up. Super excited. And, uh, fixing yeah, we, it up when the firemen were knocking on the door to tell we, us to evacuate. We were in there fixing yeah. it up. And uh, yeah, we had to evacuate and uh, lived in a FEMA trailer for 18 months. And while living in that FEMA trailer, the owner of the company that we had opened up multiple locations for, uh, decided that he would like to liberate me to the workforce. <laughs> <laughs> decided that he would like to, that's, that's a, a nice, nice way. <laughs> I got fired. You got fired. Yeah, I got fired. <laughs> but you were my Dorothy Boyd. You know, I was, you know, I was given a hundred hours a week to that company and, and, you know, I felt like I didn't even have time for a bathroom or a snack and I was just working so hard for him. So, you know, to make that your life and, you know, really try to grind for somebody like that. I think people thought that I was going to be like uh, Tom Cruise and Jerry Maguire and just kind of flip out, you know? So, you know, in fact, when they let me go, I'm not sure why they brought an extra person with them, but I think there was something to that in their mind. And so uh, I remember, you know, I'm, I'm feeling very alone in the world, just like I did when I was incarcerated. And, uh, you know, it was one of those Jerry Maguire moments, you know, wondering who's coming with me, right? You know, <laughs> I remember when he took... Do you remember that movie? He took the uh, little fish out of the fish tank. He was like, and Flipper here is coming with me. And who else, you know? And that was my moment where you were in coaching a session and you heard what was going on and uh, you just took the whistle off your neck and away we went, you know? Yeah. I wonder what those people did for the rest of their workout that day. I... Did you finish it up? No. 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 I, they, right mid-workout, yeah. mid I was like, I'm out. Yeah. I think they My probably... man's going, and so am I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone else stepped in. Yeah, yeah, someone stepped in. And there we were, traveling trainers for the next several months while on unemployment. Yep. Yeah. That was fun. Wow. Yeah, we'd pick Destiny up from school, and uh, that's our daughter. She was about 10 at the time, and sandwiched yeah. between two stability balls, right? You know, and uh, kettlebells busting out the trunk. Yeah. yeah. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of crazy times. Realizing that wasn't very sustainable to go house no. to house and try to train people. Um, you know, not really a good way to have to pick Destiny up every day either, but... Um, and we only had one car, so yeah. we had to go, you yeah. know, we couldn't just... Divide and conquer. No, so. a little Nissan Sentra. Yeah. yeah that was a not That's exactly true. a fitness mobile, not like a fitness van. 
Um, <laughs> and then we get this call. Hey, you got to check out this space 30 miles away from our nearest customer, 30 miles away from our nearest trainer client. You got to check out this space. It was my father. He was so persistent. It used to be a car salesman. So he just kept on, you know, thinking that he knew like the best idea. And I was like, dad, you know, it's not just one call. Oh, no, 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 no. Like 15 calls. So I'm like, Cindy, let's just go to church with my father that day. You know, he's got this lady he goes to church with named Rosa. And what we'll do is we'll go to her space and we'll just tell her we're in a FEMA trailer. We're on an unemployment check. Uh, Thanks for showing us your space. But then he'll quit calling. Right. right? Yeah. So So we show up, we tour the space. And she's like got Christian music playing and quotes on the wall. I didn't even know you could do that in a regular business. I yeah. thought you had to be a church to do those kind of things. But uh, yeah, she's got all this. And she's like, and, and this is where you can do this. And this is where you can do that. And I'm like, she's got no idea that we're about to drop the bomb and say, hey, we're on an unemployment check. Right. Can't be here. And so we get to the end of that tour. And I like told, we had plans. Right, right, right. Like and I'm like, plans. ma'am, you have a very nice space. I just would like to let you know that we're on an unemployment check, living in a FEMA trailer. If we ever have more resources, we'll contact you and let you know. Thank you for the tour. And you remember what she looked at us and said? Yes. What she said? She said, I don't care about anything like that. Mm-hmm. What I know is that God told me you're supposed to be here. So when are you moving in? <laughs> <laughs> And so at that time, we weren't even going to church, right? Because, well, we used to go to church with the owner that fired us. Yeah, uh, so we're like, right. oh, that's probably not a good church to go so to right. anymore, we you know? <laughs> so we're churchless at the time. And this lady's telling us that God's telling her that we're supposed to be there. Yeah. She didn't care we didn't have any money. No. Or uh, resources, really. Yeah, that's kind of a weird thing. She just scenario. said, when are you moving in? Yeah. You would think normally that a landlord would be running a space for money. Um, <laughs> you know, she was basically showing us her space because she believed that God told her that we were supposed to be there. And we drove away that day saying, well, well, who can argue with God, right? We were talking about having a follow-up meeting with her husband. Right, right that's right. what I was just going to say. So when we left there, we knew we were going to be having dinner in, I think, three days or two days with her and her husband. Mm. We said, oh. He'll lower the boom. Right, right, right. He's going to say, where is the money coming from? Right. We were thinking one thinks that they're talking to God and the other is going to be like talking to us about money and, you know, that'll just end that, right? And yet... But not true either. Right. Dinner at Giuseppe's, Ray and Rosa, G and Michael. Ray's like, yeah, I think you guys know what you're talking about. I agree with Rosa. Yep. We're going to give this a shot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's revisit it in a month after you open and see. Yeah. When, When you can start paying. And we were like... I guess we're opening. <laughs> I guess we're opening. Here we go. Okay. So we got credit for rent. We got credit from the Star Gazette, which was a local newspaper that said, you guys' credit is good enough to where we can wait 30 days for our payment. Yep. We got a high interest loan. Boy, it was like a, a loan from a loan shark in order to have $10,000 in equipment, right? Very close. Yeah. <laughs> we started off with $10,000 in equipment and it was a high interest loan. It was like your worst credit card ever, right? Yeah. But we're like, well, we're going to need equipment to train people. So, right. you know, let's just well, go for it. Because let's face it, we didn't have a whole lot of credit. Well, with... on an unemployment check. Who wants to give you a loan? And you had not well, too been, long. Been incarcerated. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that doesn't look good on your yeah, resume so. as well. Only to somebody that believes that God thinks that you should be opening up in their location. Uh, so we began Journey Fitness, Journey Fitness Now, Journey 333, yeah. on an unemployment check. 1,300 square feet. 1,300 square feet, 14 members. 14. The original 14. The original 14. <laughs> right, original the 14. And quickly grew to five yeah. locations in four years. Five yeah. locations in four years. It was four local sites. 
Um, we had actually expanded our original site from 1,300 square feet to about 3,000. And we did all that because, well, I honestly feel that our mission statement was divinely inspired. I remember sitting at the table in the FEMA trailer writing it saying, we're going to get a chance to open up a business. we got to have a mission statement. And you I know? was so scared. Yeah. And so our and mission... And you're like, this is going to be great. And I'm like, what if it doesn't work? You're like, it's going to work. I'm like, but what if it doesn't? I was so nervous. Ah. And you know, as Darren already says, sometimes your adversity is your advantage. I had great perspective. I knew that it couldn't be nowhere near as bad as it had already been. I wasn't going to go back to an 8x8 in a prison, right? And we've already made it through a flood, and we're already living in a FEMA trailer. I really figured that there was nowhere to go but up. <laughs> and so there I was, writing this mission statement, and I'm like, what's our goal? And I, the thing I didn't like about that place that we worked for before is that they had a lot of members that paid and didn't come. No. We were converting. We were getting a lot of coaching clients and stuff like that, but I was like, I don't want to be about that. I want to be life-transforming group personal coaching where people get to share the cost of a coach with the group, but get all the benefits of one-on-one. -on -one. So we wrote it down like that we were going to, if you stop showing up, we were gonna track you down, right? Because we wanted you to get what you were paying for. And then as I was writing it, the reason I felt like it was divinely inspired, because I was like, well, who else looks for lost sheep, right? I even wrote things like, if you're in the hospital, we're gonna visit. I was like, wow, who else visits the sick? And here I am writing this mission statement, not even thinking about the woman that just told her that God said that we were supposed to be there, but yet at the same time, feeling like it's got some divine inspiration here, some sprinkling that we got to be kind of a co-creator with this, mm -hmm. you know, co-creator with higher power, you know, co-creator with God in this. And so began Journey Fitness and later on, as we grew and we had enough success and we wrote a couple books, a book called Journey Fitness, uh, that tells about us overcoming this adversity. And then we realized that our members had adversity. And that's why this is an Overcomers podcast. You'll be hearing from some of our members. We wrote a book called 52 Amazing Journeys. It was a bestseller in five categories on Amazon.com. And a couple times we were told that we should franchise. Yes. Like, hey, you know, all the locations we go to, they're doing the same thing to really care for people. It's reproducible. You got a great thing going here. And at first we're like, oh, I don't know about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then Mark Stemmerman comes along. Mark. Mark comes <laughs> along and says, you should, <laughs> Mark, said that you should franchise. And uh, yeah. he believed in us and we believed in him. And so he helped us to get that launched. And it was really interesting because this is our final little God piece for you. You get confirmations along the way that just lets you know that you're on the right track. Turned out that we couldn't trademark or franchise the name Journey Fitness. Yeah. Yeah. That was like renaming your baby. Oh, well, it was super sad. That was like somebody coming to us and telling us that we could no longer call Destiny Destiny. Right. Yeah. I'm like, well, what do we call her? Right. So our lawyer said we might be able to hang on to the word journey. So we're like, well, are we journey coaching? And we're like, well, that's kind of just one dimensional. Well, fitness, nutrition, coaching, journey three seemed like a small number. So we're like, how do we make it bigger with all the things out there like fitness 110 and uh, 212 and 360, turn your life around. So we're thinking about journey 3X, 3X your journey. Uh, that was a bad idea, right? <laughs> no, triple X club, uh, triple X club, X con has a club named journey yeah. 3X. Uh, it's just probably not a good idea. And then I woke up thinking about the 333. 
Because we are fitness coaching and nutrition. We are mind, body, spirit. We do help people to look better, move better, feel better. So I woke up thinking about these threes, and I remember talking with Bruce. I said, Bruce, I'm thinking about this 333 number. We're uh, sitting there Bruce having Sharp. Bruce Sharp. Yeah. Yeah, a little conversation. He's like, hey, did you know that's God's phone number? I'm like, here's the God thing again. No, I didn't know God had a phone number. Bruce, if I knew God had a phone number, I'd call him a long time ago. I've been trying to figure this thing out for a while. <laughs> And uh, he says, no, there's this Jeremiah 33.3. It says, call on me and I'll answer. So he said a lot of Christians believe that that's God's phone number. Uh, you know, just kind of like little shirts that say that whatnot. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of the passage. I wouldn't really say that they're trying to dial it or anything. But uh, <laughs> so I call up my attorney. I say, hey, you know, leadership team feels good. You know, I'm kind of getting some crazy confirmations about this 3.33. And he's like, yeah, you know, the Google search looks good. He says, um, let me investigate a little bit more. So he's Googling, so I think I should Google. So I Google 333, and I encourage you to Google it too. Yeah. Guess what it happens? It says, you're seeing this number because God wants to be a co-creator with you in the universe. You're seeing 333. It's an angelic sign. You know, you're just on the right path type of thing. These are the first things that pop up when you Google that kind of number. And I'm like, well, this is pretty good. So I call the attorney back. I'm like, how's it working out? He says, it looks good. And he said, you know what? If this works out, if you're Journey 333, this is what you should do. You should get a phone number that ends in 333. That made the hairs on my arm stand up. That made the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. That gave me chills up my spine because our phone number had ended in 333 since we started. 607-735-0333. That is our number. And so again, just a confirmation. Just a confirmation that... We were on the right path. And a confirmation for you that if you're listening to this podcast, that you're on the right path, you're in the right place, you're connecting with people who have overcome adversity and are now living their dreams, people that have gone from incarcerated, displaced into a FEMA trailer to now a successful franchise. So we get you. We understand what it's like to struggle, and we also understand what it's like to come out on the other side. So stay tuned for our next episode of Overcomers Podcast. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Overcomers Podcast sponsored by Journey333. When I am not hosting the Overcomers Podcast, I am working at one of our fitness franchises so that I can continue to help people overcome adversity on a daily basis. That's right, people come to the Journey333 fitness franchises because they want a coach in their life. They want somebody to help them overcome the adversities of life, motivate them to higher levels of greatness, bring out their potential, help them lose weight, get off medications, fight depression, fight anxiety. That's what we do on a regular basis. If you feel like you want your life to be about helping more people to overcome their adversities, if you feel like you're an overcomer and you want to create more overcomers, then maybe owning a Journey 333 franchise would be for you. To find out more, go to www.journeyfitness333.com.